and welcome to episode 81 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppAdvice.com, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. This is our Gather Around event special edition in which we recap all that Apple announced this morning. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing pretty good. It was an event. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad that that is the ultimate recap and summation. Yes. <laughs> and so... We've been talking about this event for a couple weeks. We've known there would be an iPhone event in September since last September, and we know that there's going to be an iPhone event next September. But for today, we have the brand new, three new iPhones and a new Apple Watch to talk about, and we'll follow the order of the Apple event with the Apple Watch Series 4, which, as we talked about from last week, it pretty much went to form. So with the Apple Watch, we have a new almost edge-to-edge screen size that is 35% larger on the smaller watch and 32% larger on the bigger watch. And it's interesting because previous Apple Watch models, they came in 38 millimeter and 42 millimeter sizes. So now those have been bumped up to 40 millimeters and 44 millimeters. So that's how you can see that added screen size. And then Apple's rounded the edges of the display so that way they take advantage of more pixels to give you more information. Right, and supposedly even with those larger sizes, the old watch bands are supposedly still compatible, which that seems a little odd because even if you put the 42 on a 44, you still have one millimeter on each side that doesn't seem to fit. I don't know how that math works, but supposedly <laughs> they claim that they are compatible. It. They do look really nice with that large, full edge-to-edge screen, uh, and it's a little bit thinner as well than the the Series 3 Apple Watch. So it's a little bit smaller in one aspect, but then larger in other aspects. The text will be bigger, and so there you have you can fit more on the screen as well. And Apple actually didn't tell us how much thinner it is, so it must not be significant, because if it was, you'd sure they would have given us some percentage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I compared the specs on their website. I don't remember off the top of my head. I can bring it back up. But it did. It wasn't that much, that it was that much thinner. Yep. And then on the inside, there's the new S4 chip, their entire system in a chip. And it's a dual-core 64-bit processor that's up to two times faster than the S3 from the Series 3. And then the speaker's 50% louder. And then there's a new accelerometer and gyroscope, which, among other things, now allows your device to signal or figure out that you fell down. So you can have a whole life alert right on your Apple Watch that I've fallen and can't get up. It calls 911 for you if you don't respond. Yeah, I was I was waiting for the tie-in with Life Alert, or to at least have that woman come out. Uh, I don't I don't know. It it would have been awesome if they had her come out. Although that was a long time ago that that ad was made, so she may not have gotten back up at this point. Ooh. But uh, <laughs> too soon, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so uh, supposedly the the uh, the two times faster with the new processor. I don't know. I guess we'll see in real life how much it is because it's always an up to. Uh, I'm sure it depends on what you're using. The fall stuff was kind of neat. I mean, it's nice to have yet that added uh, another health safety precaution added into the watch. But uh, I guess really what I want to see is how well does that 
really speed things up. One interesting thing with the new speaker is they did say they moved it to the other side of the watch, so that way there's less feedback between the microphone and the speaker and doesn't cause echoes. So even though it's louder, it's now on the other side, so hopefully it's not too loud that it's going to cause those echoes. Again, I'm sure they tested this, but uh, that was another aspect of the speaker that they mentioned. Right. And then Apple also focused on heart monitoring. So there's three new features. So there's a low heart alert, a heart rhythm screening that happens in the background, and the ability to take an electrocardiogram right on your Apple Watch. Right, and the ECG, that is actually a coming soon feature. They said by the end of the year, it didn't doesn't actually exist. All the demos people got right afterwards, it wasn't on there. So that's still kind of a coming soon. Hopefully that's not a, it's coming soon, but then never actually services. Uh, hopefully it really will actually happen, because that was kind of neat. Yeah, and really, that's it, you know. Apple got to the battery life section. It's the same all-day battery life. And, yes, I used air quotes when I said that. Up to, <laughs> up to 18 hours. And that means it's not something where you're going to use sleep tracking, you're going to wear it to bed. It's not going to last three days the whole week or anything like that. So that's still a limitation I know that you've had. Right, yeah. See, the one thing that annoys me about that whole all-day battery life is they constantly are saying our, the all-day battery life that you that we know that you all love but I read nothing but complaints from people saying, I wish this thing had longer than just one day battery life. And some people are saying they really get two days worth of battery life. But if you either need to improve the battery life to give you more days so you could do sleep tracking or find a way to charge this thing faster so that you get you don't have to sit there for an hour and a half having it charged to get it back up to full have it figure out a way to get the the charging faster whether it be use the key charging and go to a more standard setup or find another way and they just seem to be relying on the same battery life that they always have i don't know if they're improving the battery because obviously they're adding features but just find a way to get it more competitive in battery life so you could add things like sleep, sleep tracking. I, I, I don't know. The, the other thing is, we'll get to the price in a minute. I do have a couple of things around the price as well. But it just... I don't know. It, it, I'm still don't know what I'm going to do uh, as far as get for my next uh, watch. It, do I go for one of these Apple watches, even though, because it looks like we're never going to get sleep tracking, we're never going to get longer battery lives. Do I finally just jump in and go for it? Which that means in the next version, they'll probably add exactly what I wanted. But I don't know. It, it, there wasn't a lot new. It does look very nice. I like the, how you can fit a lot more on that uh the screen now but i don't i don't know i'm still up in the air as to what to do next yeah i'm kind of in the same boat because like i have the first apple watch it no longer is going to work with the new version watch os 5 so any features they shut off it's not going to be compatible and my watch battery is kind of getting worse i'll get that 10 percent alert now around like 8 p.m or so so that comes with device aging but I'm watching the event, and I'm just expecting them to get something more. As they're taking more time on the heart monitoring features and just not really getting anywhere, I'm like, this is this is going to be it. It's pretty much just like the Apple Watch Series 3 with a bigger display. And that that's a tough sell for me. Right. Yeah, I mean, and so... 
Just to touch on the pricing, they did drop the price on the Series 3, which is now going to be starting at $279. So do I go for a Series 3, but then now you're like at a year-old technology, and we've seen that Apple, like they did with the Series 0, they're kind of phasing things out. So that really means... Do I get last year's model at a slightly discounted price, but it's probably going to go obsolete faster? Or do I spend a lot of money and get the Series 4, which is now up to a starting price of $399, where it used to start at, I believe, $329? Is that where it used to start? I don't remember what I, it I used to start so. at. I think the very first one was that, was $329 or even $349. It definitely wasn't $399. Right, right. Uh, and I, But now the question is, why did they raise the price? Because they always have had this habit of sticking with the same prices year over year and just reducing the other ones. And I have a couple of ideas of maybe why it happened. So do they did the cost of the components actually go up? And now they actually had to increase the price to $399 to offset the cost of those components. Or is it because they kept the Series 3 around at 279 they need to really have a wider spread of pricing between the two to make it more enticing for you to buy the new one and spend more money? Or, I mean, before this event even happened, uh, Tim Cook was one of the big proponents against Trump's new tariffs that he, he set up, and he said it would make Apple products cost more. Is this a result of those new tariffs? And now we're seeing that now it's going to cost us more for these devices because of those. Or did they just do it because they could? They could ask more money and people are still going to buy this thing. So I don't know. I don't know what the correct answer is, but they, it, it was interesting to see the price increase on one of their products where they've always kind of drawn this line of not increasing prices and just bring in the new one at the same price. Yeah, and maybe it's a little bit of all of the reasons because I think the tariff still is going to take a while to have that kind of quick of an impact, but it's still maybe Apple has the foresight to kind of put that in place. And then Apple also found a way to kind of, we can increase the price subtly because now we have this 279 model. So that, you know, we if it was just 329 that's $50. People are like, oh, well, I'm just going to get the new one. This is... Even if it was three fifty, it's still kind of close to get the new one. But this one makes you actually consider it. You know, it's one hundred twenty bucks. Maybe I should just go with that two hundred seventy nine series three. Right, and for me, it would be a difference because I'd probably go for the larger size. So it'd be a difference of four twenty nine versus three oh nine for the larger uh, size series three. So you're looking at like a hundred and twenty dollar difference. So I don't know. It's it's tough. Like. I kind of want to get into the Apple Watch game be just because uh, I like a lot of the fitness features and I like how everything's kind of just tied together. I have looked into like the Versa, the Fitbit Versa, and the Fitbit Charge 3. The Charge 3 is doesn't offer a lot. It's basically like an activity tracker, and I would really only get notifications from my phone on there. I wouldn't be able to reply to them, but at least I'd see them, and that's kind of what I do with my Pebble right now anyways, but that would be $150. The Versa is they're more of a smartwatch, but it it's kind of kludgy as far as how it works with the app. It's not all like directly tied in. It's not, you can't really respond to any messages or anything. It's it's kind of its own separate entity that you're running an app to interface with. And 
that's 200. So do, is it worth spending like another 200, like twice as much, over twice as much to go uh, to deal with like this Versa that might not necessarily have all the features I'd want? Or do I jump in whole hog and just go for this Series 4 and hope that the charging every single day, because the Versa gives you five days of battery life, hoping the charging every other day or every day and a half doesn't annoy me so much that I regret purchasing this thing. I don't know. This is, these are the things I'm going to have to weigh because you can start pre-ordering this thing on Friday. Two days. So I got to decide. Soon. Yeah, so the full breakdown, the Apple Watch starts at $399 at the 40 millimeters. It's a $30 additional price for the 44 millimeters, so $429. If you decide to get the cellular model, it's an extra $100 for each of those amounts, so it's $499 or $529. And then you can start ordering on September 14th, which is this Friday, and it's shipping on September 21st. So if you are interested, now is the time to kind of make the plunge and decide which one is right for you. Right, and I'm curious to see how, if this sells out or if it's readily available and you don't need to worry. I'm leaning towards it's going to be readily available, seeing as a lot of people, it said that the Series 1 is the most selling Apple Watch that they have, so I'm guessing a lot of people will just be buying the Series 3 now at that reduced price, rather than buying the, the new Series 4. Yeah, so it is interesting. I got the specifics. The Series 3 was 329 last year, and then okay. now with the LTE was 399 so they increased actually the LTE model by a hundred bucks. You know, the one is a seventy dollar increase, and then they found a way to increase the LTE by a hundred dollars. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a lot more money. Like, but the thing's selling so well. But I don't know if this is really just more of a way to sell more of the Series Three than to actually sell the Series Four. It almost seems like they're putting the Series Three on sale because they know people buy the the cheaper models and trying to unload those. Maybe they have a whole ton of these Series 3. I have no idea. Yeah, that could be it too. And, you know, one kind of part that went under the radar for the Apple Watch is that Apple discontinued the Apple Watch edition. Remember that $10,000 Apple Watch from 2015? That ceramic model, you know, it's super high-end, they're going to compete with Rolex and all that? They quietly yeah. shelved it. It's gone, <laughs> which I found really interesting. Well, one of the things I did mention is the the new watch has a ceramic back, and mm -hmm. maybe that's part of the pricing issue. Maybe that is why it costs more. I I don't know. Maybe there is a reason for for the additional cost. A bunch of different factors, and so that's pretty much the Apple Watch Series Four. If you saw an Apple Watch Series Three and you're like, you know, if it had an edge to edge display, if more of the screen filled in that little bezel. Then I would jump on board. Well, now this is time to jump on board. If there was any other limitation, Apple really didn't answer any of those. Yep. And so that means it's time for the iPhone, and there's three new iPhones. We'll split it into two sections. The first is the big bad iPhone, the new iPhone XS, or 10s. But that's it's called XS. If it's printed on the box XS, that's how I got to pronounce it. <laughs> you can't say it was the 8 with literal 8 on the box. It didn't say VII. So you got to pronounce it like it's written iPhone XS, which is funny because it's an actual word, XS. And it's essentially S full through and through. If you've ever seen the 4S, 5S, 6S, 7S, you know 
that Apple loves that S model where it pretty much increases the speed, improves the camera, and does one software specific thing. So the iPhone XS has a new A12 Bionic chip. It has all the usual up to two times faster. It has this new machine learning setup because it has this Bionic algorithms going on. But essentially, it's the iPhone X. And you knew there was kind of a problem with the new feature set when Phil Schiller takes the stage and he starts going off over these features which are readily available on the existing iPhone X. He talks about the stainless steel frame and the dimensions of the iPhone X and the swipe gestures and no home button and face ID. It's like, yeah, I have this. It's sitting in my pocket. And so that that's not the best way to kind of start. And so that way they transition to the second new iPhone, the iPhone XS Max, which is essentially the iPhone Plus, but now they came up with the Max name because it sounds even worse, I guess. I, I don't understand the Max name, but iPhone XS Max is just like the XS, but it has the bigger display. So now instead of 5.8 inches, it's 6.5 inches. It has about the same device footprint as the iPhone 8 Plus, but now it has that edge-to-edge display. Right, yeah, so let's break this down. So the first thing that completely annoyed me was when they first get up there and they always have to say, this is the most advanced iPhone we've ever created. Well, duh, of course it is. Otherwise, why would you have even bothered to introduce it? Like, you are obviously going to iterate something on your next newer model so there's no sense in even saying it's the most advanced obviously it's the most advanced it's the newer one so just right off the bat they kind of annoyed me with that and then like you said it seemed like what are they even telling us that's different and new other than that we just went from the a11 bionic chip to the a12 bionic chip and of course they run through the little specs which to the to the average person means absolutely nothing. You tell us, okay, it's faster. Okay, it does 600 billion operations per second on the old chip, and now we do 5 trillion operations per second. But no one really even understands what that means unless you're a developer, and then it probably makes some sense to you. But to the average person, okay, that's like a, a huge difference. But in real world usage, what does that even mean? And it's just a lot of up to X times faster, 15 times faster, 40% lower power. There's more GPUs and CPUs and they're 50% faster. So, I mean, we always see this every single time. And then they always bring on the, uh, the, the demos, the game demos and the app demos that run on for way too long. And starting with those, they showed a, um, a Bethesda game, which looked uh, kind of boring. It looked type of thing I'd rather play on an iPad, anyways, rather than a small phone screen. And then they showed I played it on at E3 on the <clears throat> iPhone X, so it didn't seem like the XS was doing that much different. Okay, yeah, see exactly. So, what are you really showing off by showing this game? Then they showed Home Court Real Time Shot Science, which looks like it basically analyzes someone playing basketball and show like tries to help you with form and your release time. And it looked kind of neat. It uses AR Kit too, and it kind of analyzes things in real time without sensors. 
But then they didn't really tell you, like, is this something that can only be done with the new A12 Bionic chip? Is this something that every phone, all the, the, the 10 is going to do as well? Like, they don't really, they didn't really explain whether or not this is just going to be something that's worked better with the new phones, only with the new phones, or any of the phones. Like, there just wasn't enough information. They just showed it. Then they had the uh, directive games up there with their AR arcade, which I guess it looked kind of fun to be shoot playing Galaga in AR, but I don't know. It, I, it was still one of these where it was probably a lot more fun if you're the one playing than watching it. So I don't. I'll, I'll hold my judgment on that one. But it just seemed like they a lot of the information they were giving you didn't really explain why this new phone is better or what exactly was only available on this new phone. They're just showing you off, and a lot of it looked the same as what we already just got last year with the 10. They didn't really do an, a great job of explaining why you needed this over buying the 10 last year, unless you wanted that the 10s Max that had the larger screen. You missed your plus size screen and didn't want to go for the 8 Plus last year because it was not even that interesting. At least this brings you into the 10 world, but with that larger screen. So other than that, they I mean there were a couple of features <clears throat> which I'm sure we'll get to, but there wasn't anything really compelling or enticing that made me say yeah i got the 10 i need to upgrade this year i don't care i'm i'm trading it in so i don't know it just seemed like a really flat almost useless presentation yeah i couldn't agree more i mean when you gr grab a picture of their little panel you know that shows all the new features pointing at the screen and it says like you know, OLED display, 458 PPI, Dolby Vision, HDR10, 120 hertz touch sensing and 3D touch and tap to wake, true tone display. It's like, this is all available on the phone I have. What are you telling me that this XS is going to do that my iPhone 10 isn't going to do? So that's always weird. Then they go over the little game demos. And like you said, there was a real heavy emphasis on AR. The following two were AR, the home court and the Galaga. And with both those, I understand that they have, you know, their new Core ML, it's up to 10 times or 9 times faster for the new XS, so it's going to do better AR. But like you said, they didn't say that, does that mean my iPhone X AR just is not capable of doing this? It seemed like when they were demoing Galaga, the guy said, here's an explosion when you destroy the boss that's only available on the 10s. I'm like... A special explosion is what I'm missing out when I <laughs> defeat an enemy. So it's just weird little stuff like that. They, Like you said, they didn't have this whole breakdown. Here's what I can do with the 10s that I can't do with the 10. And that just went further as they went along. The new camera system. It has the same exact camera specs, but then Phil says it has this new improved pixel sensor in the device. But it's the same f-stop and all that good stuff it's essentially going to use the a12 bionic to improve the bokeh effect and the depth effect of the portrait mode and that's kind of the main emphasis the front facing camera is a little bit more improved it's a little bit more significant but again that's only for the front facing camera which i guess that's a great for the selfie crowd but if you're just taking normal pictures that rear you know the dual lens camera system of the iphone 10 is absolutely outstanding they show off these new pictures of the 10s's and 
they look equally outstanding. I couldn't tell from my naked eye that, oh, this picture, look how much better it is than the pictures you showed from last year. Right, right. yeah. So the only differences that I know for sure were on the new phones is supposedly they ha well they have this new smart HDR system which supposedly produces even better photos better lighting effects even that is tough to tell from your naked eye unless they showed you side by side which they would never show you because they don't want to show the 10 not looking good they want to show you the 10s and the 10s max looking excellent when they really need to do if they want to show you how much of an improvement it was over last year they need to show this side by side and say this is how it performs on last year's phone this is how it performs on this year's phone show us side by side but you're never going to do that because then you're making yourself look bad the other things they did mention was a the 10s has 30 minutes more battery life than the iphone 10 had up to Sorry. And the 10s Max had up to 90 minutes longer than the iPhone 10 had. And then there's a gigabit class LTE on the new phones. They support dual SIMs. And now you can get a 512 gigabyte storage if you want to, if you want to pay through the roof and get the highest uh, model that they offer. Other than that, there really wasn't that much of a difference that is quantifiable in what they they showed us. If they showed us more that actually illustrated how this, in real usage, this is going to be a much better phone, it would be a different story. But they don't do that. They just give you facts and or uh, information saying all these things, but never quite give you the facts to back it up or actual examples that you can see with your eyes that make this feel believable. Yeah. The only camera improvement that I saw that I definitely cannot do is the ability to adjust depth of field after the shot. But there's essentially third-party apps like Focus that we talked about a month ago or so that let you do that. So essentially Apple's just building that ability into the stock photo app. It's not necessarily a special feature that only the A12 is possible of. So that was weird. And it just seemed like they never got to a selling point. Like, maybe they are only trying to sell the phone to people who have the 8 Plus or people who have Android phones or something. They weren't focusing on an upgrade. Like, they understand that when they get to that S year, we're not convincing people to do the upgrade. But when you're a company that 66% of your revenue is driven by the iPhone, I think you got to appeal to as many potential people as possible. You know, you're trying to sell 70 million phones over the next three months. You need to get anybody that you possibly can. And if you don't sell us, who, you know, both you and I get a bunch of phones very often, is it even a tougher sell for people who aren't as into Apple as we are? Right, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think they're going to convert people with this either, unless you had people that held out because they wanted the large screen, didn't want to lose the large screen. That's the only thing I can think of, because otherwise, you're still going to have people on other devices complaining about the notch. The notch didn't go away. You're going to have the people that are going to hate on it because it's Apple. It doesn't really matter. So unless they did something so, like, 30 minutes of battery life means nothing. 90 minutes, okay, that's a little bit more impressive, but still, it doesn't mean that much in comparison to 
uh, the whole scheme of things. You're going to have to plug in whether you have 30 minutes extra or 90 minutes extra. It's really not going to give them make that much of a difference. So I don't know. I, I don't know that there was enough here this year to really drive things. Like maybe if they had dropped the price, come down in price or something from, from the 10 last year, but no, they, they even kept those kind of where they were. So I, there, I don't know. It just seemed like one of the most disappointing S years because I, I feel like we got more in other S years than we got this year with this phone. Yeah, or I completely agree. <laughs> I guess you maybe know. if you're someone who really wanted dual sims, you're probably jumping up and down and like, this is amazing. Now I only have to carry around one phone. So, I, I mean, I guess that could be a huge selling point for certain people. But uh, to me, it just nothing there really interests me that much well the dual sim is interesting because those have been on phones for i don't know how long since like probably since the first iphone came out <laughs> and to have it finally come it says that it's still coming soon because it's probably gonna be you know they have deals in place but it's not official you have to wait they said it might not even come in 2018 to be working with verizon t-mobile sprint and at&t and speaking of which if you use any kind of U.S. carrier, you know an improved LTE band in your phone is irrelevant because you have a crappy LTE connection now with any of those services, so you can put in the best <laughs> band on your device that you want to. You know they're not offering anything to even fill the max of the iPhone probably 7 or 8 at this point. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the full breakdown for the specifics, the iPhone XS and max come in 64 gigabytes 256 and 512 and then there's going to be the stainless steel black or the space gray the silver or in the new gold option so that is also some brand new feature and you can start ordering on september 14th they're going to be shipping on september 21st the excess starts at 9.99 and then it goes to 11.49 and then 13.49 for the different storage options so if you're keeping score at home that's a 150 dollar bump for 64 to 256 and then a nice $200 bump from 256 to 512 and then if you want the max it starts at 1099 and then it has the same 150 and $200 bump for 1249 and 1449 so that means you can now get a $1449 iPhone crazy nice yeah <laughs> i mean even at this point like 64 seems ridiculously low at this point, especially when you're spending $1,000 on a phone. It seems like they should have bumped up that, that low end and offered 128 256 and 512 instead. But again, they're always slow to do these updates. But I don't know. It is what it is. I, I'm probably going to be getting my wife the, uh, the 10S because uh, she currently has a 6S. And so, and it's the right size because she does not want that 6.1 or 6.5 inch screen that the Max is. That's way too big for her. She she kind of likes the size of the 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 old uh, 6s. So I mean, this is going to be a slight increase for the 10s, but uh, yeah. So I'll probably be in for one, and then I'll be able to do a direct comparison side by side to see if there's any difference. And then that's not the only new iPhone. There's the third iPhone, 
and it's called the iPhone XR. I do not know what that R stands for. I don't know if it's redundant, remedial, <laughs> or what the case might be. But essentially, you know that long rumored 6.1 inch LCD iPhone? That's what we have. So the iPhone XR has the same design style of the iPhone X, but now it's an LCD screen instead of an OLED screen. So they use the special technology to have the light refract into the corners because that LCD is still that rectangle. So they had to get it, you know, into the full edge-to-edge -edge display. So they figured that out. And then it's going to have the A12 Bionic, but on the back, it's not going to have the dual camera system. It's just going to have the single camera system. It's essentially the wide-angle lens of the iPhone XS, but without the also panoramic lens or the telephoto lens. And so that's pretty much it. It's the size of the iPhone 8 Plus, but now it's all screen with that Face ID notch. And then it also is going to come in six different colors. So remember when Apple released the 5C and it was like that cheap plasticky phone to appeal to other people? Well, that's essentially what the XR is. It's the replacement for the 5C all these years later. So you can get it in white, black, blue, coral, yellow, as well as a product red version. And really, it's tough to find the whole feature list of the XR because it's not much. It's a watered-down version of the iPhone X. Yeah, so this kind of this was actually one of the most interesting, I think, as, on the phone side of what they, they talked about because it's kind of like this weird hybrid between the 8, 8 Plus, and 10 where they they kind of took features of all of them and then tried to make something that would appeal to someone that didn't want to necessarily spend the money on the 10 or the 10s or the 10s max but still wanted that big screen and i i don't it's it, it does they offer in all those colors which immediately obviously made me think of the c which was a disaster for apple like the thing i don't think did well at all the the interesting thing is that that lcd display if you look at the specs of it its resolution is only 1792 by 828 which is not even a 1080p display. Like that's a, a 1080p is 1920 by 1080. So yeah, it's, it's worse. Back to 326 PPI because the the X is like 458. Yeah, it's 326. Yeah, so I mean it's not even a 1080p display, which uh, that's gonna look pretty bad once people start comparing them like side by side with what they're used to seeing. Like even from their TV at home. I I don't know. I can't imagine this thing is gonna look that great the sizing of it itself is actually because it's all screen it's actually falls in between the 8 and the 8 plus so it's slightly smaller than the 8 plus but it's all screen because of that and it, it the and like that's another thing that that's interesting about it is they it has the exact same a12 bionic chip that's in the the new 10s and 10s plus it has the same wide-angle rear camera that's on those but it yeah it only has the single uh the single camera it doesn't have the telephoto camera that's on on the 10s and 10s max but that means it also can't do digital it can't do optical zooming so on the pictures you only have a five times digital zoom compared to the 10s which has a two times optical and a ten times digital 
and then you only have a three times digital zoom on videos versus the six time that's on the the 10 and the 10s and i think the 10s max as well but it it's really when you look at it like they showed pictures and they looked nice, but you notice how none of them, I don't, a lot of them weren't like zoomed in photos because you don't have that optical zoom, which kind of limits you where if you're buying this thing for the camera, that's going to be a big detractor. I don't know that they did a great job. Well, they did a great job of kind of hiding that fact from, from people and kind of just showing off nice pictures that it did take. But you're going to you're going to save money, but it's not going to be as good as like the 10 or other phones that you that are out there from Apple. There it costs more money. Then it also can do which Apple said needed the the dual camera system. It's they said, oh, yeah, you need that dual camera system in order to be able to do the portrait mode. But no, this thing lets you do it with a single lens. You can do portrait mode just like you could on the 10, but you are limited to th only three of the five effects. So you don't get the stage and the stage mono effects. It can't do those, but it can do the natural studio and contour uh, portrait effects that we saw on the 10. And, and I assume those still look as good. I don't know if it, if the quality is any different. Uh, the one last thing that they also got rid of is 3D touch. There is no 3D touch on the 10R. It instead uses like the kind of haptic feedback to kind of let you feel like you're pressing down like the camera button and the other buttons. So you have feedback that you press those buttons, but you won't get that 3D touch like pop-up menus or any of those kind of features that you, you've had on phone iPhone since the 6S. And then also the XR gets up to an hour and a half more than the iPhone 8 Plus or that same kind of 90-minute increase just by the sheer size. And then I think it helps by using the LCD. And, you know, as you're talking, it kind of sounds like a Frankenstein device. You know, it's all these <laughs> little pieces. And I don't know if the ultimate creation, maybe it is like this monstrous, like, just, I don't know. But... It does have portrait mode, which is interesting for the single lens, like you mentioned. It does have smart HDR because that's mainly reliant on the A12 Bionic chip. And the ultimate kind of breakdown of it is that it starts at $749. So it comes in 64, 128, and 256. And so it's 749, 799, or 899. Interesting, if you are keeping score at home, it's only a $50 increase to go from 64 gigabytes to 128 gigabytes. Even though that same increase for the other egg, or it's, I, they didn't have the same increase, so that's how they right. It they off. didn't have it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's still that hundred fifty dollar difference if you go from sixty four to two fifty six. Right. Right. Exactly. And then, yeah. So they they kept that bump the same at least. The most interesting aspect is that this device isn't going to be available immediately. It's not going to be available to order until October nineteenth, with a ship date of October twenty sixth, so a whole month down the road. And if you remember last year, the iPhone 8 was available immediately, and then the iPhone 10 was available a month later. So now somehow they flipped the script, so the expensive model <laughs> is available immediately, and the new cheaper model is available a month down the line. Yeah, yeah, I, th I did find that interesting. I, I mean, I'm guessing they think that sales for this are going to be less. I mean, this is kind of weird. I think they were just kind of trying to put something in that's high-end, has the latest chip, but is less money. 
And this one, one thing that we forgot to mention was uh, the IP67 uh, rating for waterproofness on the 10R, and then they've, which is the same as what the 10 had, but they bumped that on the 10S and the 10S Max to an IP68 rating, which right. I guess lets it stay in deeper water longer. Uh, but. So that's one thing to note. One other thing they did at the same time when they announced these prices is they did keep around the seven and drop that to a price of four, starting at four forty nine, and the eight, and starts that now that starts at a price of five ninety nine, and then quietly they killed the iPhone SE. Not even mentioning it, but now it's completely gone from the website. So if you really wanted that tiny little phone that you covered the entire screen with your fingers while you're using it. You can't get that anymore. I'm sorry. Right. They discontinued the SE, the 6S, and the X. And so now they range from 499 to 1099 as starting points with the 7, the 7 Plus, the 8, the 8 Plus, the XR, the XS, and then the XS Max. And, you know, really, if I was a person who would recommend a phone, I would say that discontinuing the iPhone 10 is probably the saddest part because I would say that the iPhone 10 is better than the iPhone XR, just from a pure standpoint. So I think it, I would have preferred if the iPhone X dropped in price, you know. And so there's it was nine ninety nine last year. Drop it in price rather than coming up with this iPhone XR at seven hundred fifty. But the problem is the ten is so similar to the ten S that they really couldn't offer it for like. 899 or 799 without it being like why am i buying this new one when this thing is almost identical like there is like we said there's not enough there yeah. to really say why wouldn't you buy so they had to offer something that was cheaper to make and they could offer at that cheaper price but was still maybe enticing to, to a certain market of people that just want to save money and so they went they go for that i think they had to get rid of the 10 in this case because they did so little to update from the 10 to the 10s that it just didn't make sense to keep it around yeah i definitely can see that i'm just saying from a consumer point so from apple point i understand it fully from a consumer point i think try to find a used iphone 10 or you know some like Best Buy might be discontinuing it or some third-party retailer, that's going to be a better bet than waiting for the 10R or maybe even updating to the 10S. Right, yeah. If you could get, save like a hundred or couple of hundred bucks on a 10, you'd probably want to go for the 10, I would say. As long as it's not like, especially if it's brand new and somehow you can get a hold of it, like they're just trying to get rid of the stock of it, go for that. Otherwise, yeah. I would say your 10S is really where you'd, I wouldn't go for that 10R. I mean, it's kind of interesting and the colors are flashy and might try to like appeal to you. But I just don't know about that, especially with that terrible less than 1080p display. It just doesn't seem worth it. I, I would go for if you don't want that super large screen, then really at this point, you're best off going with that 10S. Mm-hmm. And then it's worth noting that the all the iPhone X's are now shipping with no dongle, that adapter from U or Lightning to uh, headphone jack. So hopefully you've gotten some AirPods by now because those are pretty awesome or some form <laughs> of wireless headphones because iPhone X, 
ain't doing any old dongle adapter headphone jack stuff. Oh, I didn't realize that. I know there's so many companies that make good Bluetooth little headphones that I think a lot of people have them now. And you can get them relatively inexpensively now that I think a lot of people should have them. Or you can buy your own, like, adapter that lets you use whatever headphones you want with Bluetooth. So, uh, but, and those, obviously, all these new phones will come with iOS 12 on them. And which is actually releasing on September 17th. So you don't have long to wait if you're not upgrading your phone to grab a copy of iOS 12. Yeah, if you're not upgrading your devices, get your old devices ready. You know, make backup, get them all, clear off old stuff you're not going to need to transfer over. And just make sure you're ready next Wednesday, September 17th, iOS 12. Watch oh, that's Monday. Oh, it's Monday. Dang, you're right. <laughs> it's coming even quicker than I thought. You guys can wait till download it to Wednesday. We'll grab it on Monday. Yeah, that way if any bugs are there, we we can clear them out so by Wednesday it's good. But yeah, TVOS will also be there. But then macOS Mojave, it's the following week on September 24th. Yep. Yep. And, you know, before the event, we said, oh, this is going to be a jam-packed event. There's a lot of stuff into it. And now that the event is over, it seemed like they dragged out what they had unnecessarily long. Yeah, and I mean, the things that they did not... Well, they mentioned HomePod, but who really cares? <laughs> uh, and they did mention they did not mention air power at right. all, which leads me to believe this thing is going to have major issues because why wouldn't you have at least announced it? And then AirPod, the second version of the AirPods, never even mentioned. So I don't know what is going on. Like, unless they're going to hold off those things until the iPad event. Maybe they're going to try to bulk up an iPad iPad event because we've already heard lots and lots of rumors of the revamped iPad. Maybe this is going to be a, a bigger event than we originally thought, and they're going to really go all out and try to add these other items in. But it's kind of concerning that this air power, which seemed like such a huge deal, and they were going to bring this thing out, and now why wouldn't you bring it out when you're bringing out new phones, which are totally going to use it? Uh, like, I don't know. Something's got to be majorly wrong with this thing. Yeah, the air power is specifically designed to charge your phone, your watch, and your AirPods simultaneously. And this event had new phones and new watch. So you'd think it would kind of fit in line with that. But it's interesting because on their website, Apple's removed every mention of the air power, except on the AirPods page at the very bottom, there's a picture of it, and it says, coming soon, additional charging for AirPods 2. That's all. the only way it mentions it on entire Apple website, even though they made a big deal about it a year ago. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, I don't know what what's going on. Because but... the AirPods 2 essentially are just the new case that works with the air power. Right, and there's already companies that are working on third-party solutions for that as well. So I, it's going to be one of these things where Apple just drags their feet and people are going to find other ways. There's there's a, a Pataka who that I, I've reviewed a couple of their magnetic wireless charging cases. They just kicked, launched a Kickstarter a couple days ago for this thing that looks phenomenally good. That's kind of like an air power setup where you can charge your, your phone and your watch all at the same time. You can put another little magnetic pad next to it to charge a third device at the same time. 
and it's cheap. It's like fifty bucks. I I don't even know what the air power is going to come in at, but it's got to be two hundred bucks. Yeah, it's got to be more expensive than this thing. And this thing supposedly is going to be shipping according to the Kickstarter uh, in November. So like I don't know it, Apple is it's going to be like the the whole Alexa thing all over again where they drag and drag and drag their feet and they get out marketed by other people that bring it to market much faster than them and ho- and probably better than them because they just they have like this old set of specs that they're working off of that at this point everyone's moved past those so I don't know what the deal is Yeah I mean, I couldn't agree more. Just even mentioning the HomePod right at the end, you can now accept phone calls on it. And, oh, yeah, reminder, it works with AirPlay 2 to set up two together because one at $400 wasn't enough. Please drop $800 <laughs> because we can't get rid of these things. Oh, and I almost started laughing when he said the, the whole, you can make a phone call from it. I'm like, my Alexa, my Echo Dot did that out of the box years ago. Like... I don't know. It just seems so slow. Some of the things they seem like they're actually moving on. Other things they just seem to be all excited and then just drag their feet and never finish it. Yeah, that's part of getting rid of 3D Touch on the XR because no one supports it. So no one will miss that. It just costs us money to make the panel responsive to it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so what are your thoughts on the event as a whole? You know, for me, it seemed like Jeff Williams came on stage and just was the most boring existence possible. Like you said while we were watching it, it seems like he's trying to test that low heart rate monitor of the Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah, I. it was... Like, to have him come out at the beginning, why wouldn't you have someone high energy? Like, he is just way too slow and low energy. You need people, like, engaged from the minute you start. I mean, Tim did come out and said they're about to ship their 2 billionth iOS device, which was pretty impressive. But then it just seemed to drag. I Like, I didn't feel like I got any answers. Like, they didn't make it a clear to me I need to buy the Apple Watch out of all my choices that I have. They didn't make it clear to me, well, I wasn't planning on upgrading anyways, but they didn't make it enticing to me like, oh, man, I really wish I was upgrading. I don't know. It just felt like it was almost like that the education event they had for the iPad where it just seemed like an almost useless event where they're just presenting information which really didn't do much more than if you just put out a press release. And even this, we already saw most of this information even before this this thing because it all got leaked. I think that girl running around with the briefcase at the beginning must have been the one that leaked all the information because she left that briefcase in the uh, in the elevator as it went down i think she dropped that case earlier and they just didn't notice because everyone saw all the information but i don't know it's it seemed like a non-event yeah i mean i think that i like the little mission impossible intro that was kind of cute and fun but it seemed like it went downhill from there and part of me wonders if it was because of all the leaks we knew everything that apple was going to announce and but part of me wonders if it's just that the 10s is such a bland announcement. It doesn't really offer anything. And same, really, the Series 4 was a disappointment because everyone told us this is their first big change since the Apple Watch has come out. And really, it's not that big of a change. And so, like you said, this could have been a press release. Apple 
essentially Jeff Williams and Phil Schiller were reading from a press release going over all these things. There was no person to come on stage like, look what I can do with my 10s now. Look what I can do with my Apple Watch Series 4 now. Look how awesome this is. Look, at I'm selling this to you. They didn't sell me, and I'm sure they didn't sell a bunch of people. And if you're not doing that with the event, what is the point of hosting the event? Right, yeah. I mean, all the biggest cheers that Jeff Williams got was when he mentioned electrocardiograms. Like, they went nuts over it. I don't know. Apparently, there's a lot of fans of ECGs out there, but I, or at least in that audience. Yeah. But other than that, uh, yeah, it just... I don't know. I, I I was excited when I saw the pictures, the pre, the leaked pictures of the Series Four. I liked the bigger screen. I liked how it went end to end. I loved all the 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 information you could put on the screen all at once. Although it did look a little crowded, I'd probably limit how much stuff I put on. But I did like kind of the wealth of information you could get on there, and. To, and then for them not to back it up with it just really just reinforcing heart stuff and nothing really new. I guess I'd have to relook at what the OS, the watch OS five features are. Maybe there are other things that would really entice me over over there that I would use. But I don't know. It just I was hoping for a definitive answer like this is what's what you need. But I just didn't get it. And I don't know. It was disappointing. Yeah, the whole event just seemed lackluster. When Craig Federighi's on stage, it seems like the audience is at attention to what he's going to say, and he just seems to carry it. There's a flow to every point that he's going to get to. He kind of weaves it together. And, I mean, I don't expect Steve Jobs-style presentation, but I still kind of want that Apple pedigree of really making it an event. You know, not, oh, here's a press announcement. This is an event. An event comes with... Not necessarily entertainment, but just a lively experience that shows how these things that we're offering fit into your life. Not, here's a list of stuff that we did, and here, hopefully you like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been like a, like a, just a downward slide over the past few of these years. Even the years where there was exciting stuff, I just don't think they're presenting it in a way that's exciting anymore. I think they just have gotten into this matter of fact, like, let's just read a bunch of things, and basically they probably just took the slides from last year, adjusted a few things, and just used those same exact talking points. Like, it doesn't seem like they're really trying to be creative in their in the presentation it just seems like it's just let's just read off this information and i don't know it just is not really entertaining anymore yeah i was excited for the iphone 10 and the event and when they first unveiled that video of you know showing the edge go screen to screen in those really sharp corners i was like oh this is exciting and i think the iphone 10 kind of sells itself the last time I remembered, you know, watching that little intro video during the presentation and being excited was iOS 7, where they redesigned everything. It's like everything that you know is completely changed. And so those things kind of sell themselves and they bring incitement in the room. And then the presenters fuel off the audience and it just kind of goes together. But then when you have a device that doesn't really sell itself, that's when the onus is more on Apple and if they have the same style as when the device sells itself, when the device isn't selling itself, it makes it that much tougher because they're not adding, bringing anything to the table. So it just kind of, it not necessarily falls on deaf ears, but 
you're sitting there and it's like, oh, let me do something else on my computer or, you know, let me do any whatever the case may be. Let me check my phone for what other people are saying because you're not really tuned in to the event. Right. Yeah. I mean, usually my favorite parts of these events lately have been their humorous videos or like the whole Mission Impossible, I think, at the beginning or last year we had the or the education event. We had the whole students using the devices to create experiments and things. Those creative movies are fun. And then anytime Johnny Ive does his little narrated video going over the thing, those are entertaining. Like, bring him back. Like, put him on stage. Like, something. Do something different. It's just gotten just so corporate and, like, bland. Like, make it entertaining. And maybe they should hire some outside person on, like, event staff. Just because a guy, you know, works on the product or whatever, oversees the product, doesn't mean he needs to talk about it. Right. They're not going to necessarily be the best presenter. Like, some yeah, of them you can tell are from nervous. A list anyway. You could bring yeah. in a guy off the street who could read from a list. Yeah, yeah. So, that was the event, <laughs> the Gather Round <laughs> event, 2018. Brand new, three new iPhones to choose from that start at 749 for an LCD version. Same nine ninety nine price for the XS or the ten S, whatever you want to call it. And then there's a now big huge six point five inch version. And then the Apple Watch Series four expands the display area and it's sad that you can sum up the entire event in two sentences. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we never did mention on the watch the new haptic feedback on the digital crown. That was kinda neat. Uh, I will say that. But um yeah. That's it. That's pretty much it. I think you summed it up. Yep. And so to everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed. Brett, thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's a pleasure as always. And to everyone listening, we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later. Mm-hmm.